There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S and today I'm talking to the director of Girls Lost, Alexandra Therese Kining. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We are doing a phone interview today on her new movie coming out, Girls Lost. Um, It was really an interesting movie. Um, I will hopefully get any delays out because I know it's a little difficult on the phone and I hope you can hear me okay. Really interested watching this and I don't want to give anything away when we're doing this interview so I I know a lot of it's going to be a little difficult to answer but there was so much going on in this and there was a lot of symbolism. Were you trying to get your point across with all the little aspects that were happening kind of in the background of the movie? Um, I think, you know, the whole overall story is just as important to me as the characters and the details. And as you say, there's a lot of symbolism going on with the flower and with the uh, with the greenhouse. And um, just to mention a few, I'm not giving too much away. But um, it, it's just, it's important to me to go through all those details and, and, and like a mosaic, putting it together again and, and trying to create. This movie is, is so much about magical realism, so you need that kind of background to be very well um, adjusted to sort of um, get the whole atmosphere of something very magical going on. Now, this was taking place in, uh, was it a small town or was it kind of a medium city? It's kind of hard for me to tell because... It was all in um, Swedish. I think it was Swedish. Oh yeah, um, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely right. It's it's a it's a very small town where where the girls live, and then they uh, go on their bikes and they transport themselves into the bigger city where their school is. Some parts of the story um, are really uh, taking place at the school, and, and that's where you know so much of the reality hits because the film is, is, is about magical realism, and it's also about situations where they really land in, in reality, and, and, and that's kind of harsh and it's kind of brutal, and uh, those parts take place in the school, yeah. Okay. Um, now, there was very few adults that showed up in here, and I think it was more the teacher that kind of stood out to me, that she didn't really do much to help the kids at school, she was saying they have to stand up for themselves. So were you trying to show how there's kind of a bit of a disconnect with the, like, generation? I think, uh, you know, we screen this film now um, at so many festivals all over the world, and it doesn't matter what country I come to. It, it feels like uh, a lot of people have had a teacher, like the gym teacher. I was just so interested in the way it was depicted in, in the novel, where the gym teacher sort of gives all the kids the responsibility uh, to sort of fix everything up themselves, and and she doesn't really 
uh, feel it's important enough for her to take responsibility of, of what's happening, especially of the bullying part. I I do sense that um, it is a generation gap, but also uh, I think it's a huge problem. Kids today are not feeling uh, as well as they should. I think it's a, it's a general problem. Oh, yeah, I know it's a big thing, at least in the States, you hear about kids being bullied to the point of taking their own lives. And I'm glad to see that you know, you yeah. are showing that it doesn't have to get to that point, even though this is talking about, you know, there's more magic happening in this. But I'm glad that you were showing that, you know, the the three girls, Kimbella and Momo, always had their their support with each other and they kind of stood against all the bullying together. And that when this new thing happened with the plant, like I said, I'm trying not to give anything away, that they were still in it together mm-hmm. and seeing how everything happened, you know, as a group. So I, I do thank you for that because I, I think it is a big problem, and I'm glad you're putting that out there, even if even if it's a little different the way they handled it. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, um, but I but I do think I think that's the most essential part of of the story as well that the. I mean, there's so many metaphors about the friendship and growing up and leaving uh, childhood for for being teenagers, and and uh, it's such a turbulent and and um, exciting and violent time. Those years between, you know, uh, 12 to, to 16, where the film actually takes place, having friends like uh, Kim and Bella have it's just they're just um, they're such a strong force together. Um, I do have a question. You had um, you had a lot of water scenes happening. Can you explain the significance mm-hmm. of all that? Um, I kind of used a lot of water in my previous film, Kiss Me, as well. Um, and I uh, I think a lot about the Greek mythology where water sort of symbolizes change, and that is a metaphor that I really feel comfortable with. And in Kiss Me, it was part of the sexuality, and in in uh, uh, Girls Lost as well. It's, it's it's part of that change that came really goes through. Uh, there's something very specific and 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 magical happening when she hits the water. One time with Momo, and one time with Tony. And the, yes, they're two very very different kind of occasions, and different feelings, and and just sort of a different love. Uh, to me, water is. Uh, the best way that I can express that kind of change going on and uh, going into a different element. No, you brought up Tony. Tony was, uh, I was trying to not say the love interest of Kim, but I kind of feel that she had a crush on him during her transformation more so than in the beginning. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay, and he kind of represented, at least in my opinion, you know, the bad boy that... You know, a lot of girls want, but he seems to be very yeah. conflicted too. I think it would be very. I mean, um, it would be uninteresting to just trying to portray him as someone really bad and uh, destructive because he has, uh, like you say, a lot of conflict, personal conflicts within within him, and those really uh, sort of arise and, and get exposed when he falls in love with Kim as a boy, and. That's a very interesting relationship, and and he goes through quite a journey. Um, I'm 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 not sure that he's sure of the the side of 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 his personality, 
in, in the beginning of the film that he really is at the end of the film. Okay. And I thought it was really, really spot on the way both actors that portrayed Kim were so similar. Was it really difficult to try to find somebody who had physical features that would be able to translate over that well? Um, yeah, we auditioned a lot of kids, and these two actually went to the same school, and they're not really that alike. They they really don't look like each other that much, but, you know, with the help of makeup and, and uh, you know, costumes and also a lot of special effects, uh, we kind of got them to, to uh, look alike. But uh, I wasn't looking for twins or any kind of physical resemblance. I was looking more of, you know, uh, the mannerisms and especially their very expressive eyes and the way they sort of use their eyes to to let the audience know that this is Kim. There's someone inside me that uh, has two different physical appearances. Did they have to work closely together so they can get the little, like, manner- mannerisms down that each other had? Um, no, I actually kept them apart uh, for most of the shooting period. They had one scene together, and that was towards the end of the shooting, and, and uh, <laughs> I think that was kind of special for both of them. But we did a lot of exercise and a lot of workshops before shooting where they kind of mirrored each other, and we did a lot of... Because, you know, like all the kids and all the actors were just amateurs. They, they never acted before, so we had to sort of... Uh, getting them to be used to the camera and, and understanding uh, the process of filmmaking and so on, because that's just a different universe, you know, the first time you, you put your <laughs> put yourself on a set. It, it, it's, so, it's so different from ordinary life. This had, like we said earlier, a lot of symbolism, but I do have one question, if you're able to tell me without giving anything away. At the end, mm-hmm. when things kind of started slipping for Kim, all the other plants yeah. in the greenhouse had started to die, other than the main one that we were focusing uh-huh. on. Did that have something to do uh-huh. with the general attitude between the girls? It's it's kind of um, also, again, a metaphor for their friendship being changed and altered and getting to be a bit destructive, to say the least, because the positions between them really have changed, and there's all of a sudden there's love and there's attraction and everything has kind of changed and and um so the greenhouse that used to symbolize freedom and childhood and safety and all that it's it's now sort of withering it's dying away and and also dying away because it it needs to die because they're 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 growing up there are something happening that that sort of is a part of growing up. So that's not always easy, and and it's always a bit sad and and destructive in ways. Just finally, do you feel that this was a good movie to help portray, even in the magical sense, the LGBTQ community? Um, I think uh, it's very easy to get political about a film like this. Like I said, we had so many screenings all over the world, and, and there have been a lot of transgender people, people from the community coming up to me afterwards, the film, and really thanking me for, for, for doing this film. And I must say, my first priority when I when I read the, the novel and also made the film was 
that I wanted to make a film about the right of of finding oneself, of, of finding and uh, discovering the true identity that is Kip. And um, I'm kind of surprised that a lot of people find it, you know, very political, and, and which is also interesting, but I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised about that. I wasn't thinking political. I just was thinking it was pretty good uh, showing positive aspects of it and some of the negative of how some of the people around her reacted, such as Tony. Uh, I, I really did enjoy this movie. I hope everyone enjoys this. And it comes out December 13th. And that's going to be on video on demand. And so I hope everybody tunes in. And, um, Alexander, are there any other upcoming films that you're working on that you hope everybody tunes in for? Uh, they are, actually, but uh, I can't say too much about them right now. But oh. <laughs> um, uh, stay tuned <laughs> to be continued. Do you have a website or anything you, you want to share for people to contact you or just see more of what you've done? Sure, it's uh, www, and it's my whole name, and .com. Okay, I will make sure that we have that in the comments for anybody who wants to check out um, Alexandra's other... Thanks so much. Stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Sure, you too.